Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism. I'm your host for today, Amy Hills, and my day job is as the Director of Strategy, Government and Industry with Tourism Tasmania. Talking Tourism is the podcast series especially for tourism operators and tourism professionals. It's an initiative of the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania, the peak industry body for tourism in our beautiful state. And today's episode is supported by the Tasmanian Government. It's all part of a series of podcasts being released every fortnight through the COVID-19 emergency. To keep Tasmanian tourism operators up to date with the latest news and developments about our industry and about the support and assistance being made available by the state and federal governments and industry authorities. In today's episode, I'm speaking with the Premier of Tasmania, Peter Gutwin, who has taken some time away from overseeing the Tasmanian government's response to COVID-19 to speak directly to tourism and hospitality operators today. Premier Gutwin, welcome and thank you for being with us. Amy, thank you very much for having me. It was just uh, We were just reflecting off air that it was only a, a short, a very short time ago, in fact, that you attended your first Australian Tourism Awards after obviously just coming into the role new as Premier and, and Tourism Minister. Gee, could you ever have foreseen it at that point what you'd be dealing with today? Amy, look, I don't think anybody could have foreseen where we are today. Look, it was just the most extraordinary period directly after uh, that events night, if you um, when I look back, you know, to have that opportunity to be a part of what was such a fantastic um, outcome for Tasmanian tourism and then you know, within weeks to be in the circumstances that we were with closing businesses, um, you know, unfortunately people losing their jobs and you know, uh, right across the country, you know, all premiers and, um, and the Prime Minister doing everything that we possibly could to ensure that we saved as many lives as we possibly can. Mm. So, no, look, I, I must admit, I never thought that we would be in the position that we are in today. And I would say to, to uh, those tourism operators and businesses out there, um, you know, it is a very, very difficult time. Um, but, you know, if we can just keep moving forward, um, and I'll, it's a, almost becoming a cliche, follow the rules and stay safe, um, we will get through this. Mm. And how has it been for you? This is one of the first opportunities we've obviously gotten to speak to in depth and it's in unfortunate circumstances, of course. How has it been for you? You're obviously Minister for for Tourism, um, but also overseeing the response. You're obviously really passionate about the industry. Can you sort of take us through your feelings for the industry and where you feel it sits in the the state's economy? Well, as many people would be aware, uh, when I came back from Overseas, and I spent most of my life working in insurance and investment field. Um, I came back from overseas, and I actually bought into a tourism business back in 2000. I was um, with my wife. We owned what's now the Bridport Bay Inn, which oh. was a hotel motel down at uh, Bridport. And I worked in that business until I uh, entered Parliament, and then we actually owned that business um, through until about 2010, 2011, I think it was, and. I know how hard people work um, and I know how uh, difficult uh, the decisions that have been made in recent times must be for people. I, I, I know, and I, when I, was, I was out walking last night actually um, up in North Hobart just uh, getting some exercise and passing businesses that were you know, selling takeaways and other businesses that were closed and 
I couldn't help but think back to you know the hours that my wife and I had spent um, you know, on a Sunday uh, with limited staff because of wages. Um, you know, working as hard as we possibly could in our business. Um, you know, twenty years ago, uh, to then you know have to think about you know the position that people are in today. Where I know there are so many people that have worked so damned hard uh, to build businesses and to make Tasmania. Um, as a product, as good as we possibly could be, mm. um, to then now look at it in this position, um, it's heartbreaking. And mm. I, I can understand where a lot of um, uh, business operators would be. Uh, but, you know, my message is that we'll get through this. Uh, we will. Um, you know, there'll be another side. And when we get there, um, you know, then we just have to take, you know, steps carefully and cautiously and ensure that, you know, in some cases our business models change. But mm. we'll get, we'll, we will get back. Mm. to where we were. And we'll talk about that other side just in a little bit. But I, I, I did want to sort of talk about the fact that our industry, um, like others, uh, reacted with, with a lot of swiftness and immediacy in responding to your instructions around um, what they needed to, to do to contain the spread of COVID-19. Can you take us through some of your thought processes and your rationale around um, why those businesses needed needed to do that and how that would help the overall, I guess, effort to, to contain the spread of the virus? Well, when we were being briefed by public health early in the piece, one point that they made was that um, the virus doesn't travel by itself, it travels with people. And if we want to limit the spread of the virus, then you've got to limit the interaction that people have. And unfortunately, the tourism and hospitality sector is one area where a lot of people do come together and do mix. And so unfortunately, in regards to the first restrictions that were put in place, um, the tourism and hospitality industry was an industry that certainly bore the brunt of that. Uh, I'd have to say I think that those restrictions are working. Uh, when you look at the uh, number of cases that we're seeing in the south of the state and certainly in the north of the state uh, at the moment, um, you know, the, the virus is being contained. Uh, we obviously have an outbreak that we've got to work with um, and get on top of in the northwest, but the restrictions have made a difference, and I want to thank the industry for... Uh, doing what it could um, so quickly um, and with so little notice uh, to close businesses that, in, you know, in some cases have been in place for decades. Um, but in doing so, uh, you've helped to save lives. Mm. And then if I take you through to um, the assistance and the packages that have since been released um, to support businesses during this time, again, what is your underlying rationale for those? What are you hoping to achieve for businesses while we tackle COVID-19? One of the things that I think we've got to uh, work very hard on is, is trying to hibernate businesses. And both at a, a federal level and a state uh, government level, what we've been attempting to do, and as difficult as it is um, uh, for businesses that had significant turnover and significant staffing levels, is to enable businesses to pause uh, and to hibernate, to ensure that they've got uh, strong links through the JobKeeper package with their staff, uh, that they've received um, you know, assistance where it has been available either through the state package or the federal package to ensure that they can um, batten down the hatches, um, hibernate and then be in a position when we move through this and get to a point where we can start to open up again, that they're in a position to reopen. Uh, I think the world will be different for a while. There's no two ways about that. And even when we do get to that point where we do open up, um, you know, there will still be rules in place and social distancing is something that we're going to have to get used to living with for a while. Mm. Uh, but the, the key aim was to ensure that we provided 
businesses with the opportunity to uh, hibernate, to pause, and then to be able to reopen uh, when it was safe to do so. Just on that, I guess, changed environment that we'll see when when it is safe to do so, and you were talking about it before around some businesses um, being incredibly resilient, pivoting to offer takeaways, um, to go online, um, and to, I guess, investigate different business models that perhaps they would never have um, had this emergency not happened. Do you foresee that we will look different as an industry after this? Well, I guess there's two things that we've got to take into account here. One is that obviously right around the world, there's a race to find a vaccine for the virus. And that, to be honest, um, can't come soon enough, but that will take time and hopefully we will get to a vaccine and then the the world will certainly be able to return to the the operating model that we've been used to. Uh, But in the meantime, and as we work our way through this, uh, I don't think there's any doubt at all, certainly not in my mind, that, that people are now becoming well aware of the social distancing rules. Um, you only need to um, you know, walk down the street if you're exercising and note that people will veer away and provide the, the metre and a half. Um, and so when we think about our business models and what they might look like in the future when uh, the restrictions start to be lifted, now we're going to have to take those social distancing rules into account um, and we're going to need to be mindful of, of how we operate our businesses in that environment. And that will change, you know, that will necessitate change to some business models. Um, uh, it's, it just simply won't be business as usual, but, you know, there will be a way through this. Mm. And now I, th- I thought I'd ask you, and acknowledging that you're, you're obviously still dealing with a very live health emergency, as, especially in the, in the North West, but... Have you done any initial thinking or any thinking around what recovery looks like? Obviously, we heard out of National Cabinet um, last week around the Australian government's thinking about certain things that need to be checked off prior to um, restrictions easing. What can you, I guess, offer tourism industry professionals and and businesses today around um, what your thinking is on that? Well, in terms of National Cabinet last week and what we discussed was that over the, the restrictions will obviously remain in place for the next four weeks. And in terms of the northwest coast, there are obviously some stricter restrictions that are in place um, at the moment and will be in place until this coming Sunday and we'll be reviewing them uh, through the course of this week in terms of the broader uh, retail closures that we announced up there. But in terms of the steps forward, uh, at National Cabinet, what was discussed, that before we can start to lift restrictions, um, what we need to do is be very confident that we've got um, the ability to test uh, to a, a much higher level and degree than uh, any other jurisdiction currently is in this country or, or in the world, for that matter. So that we can, uh, so that's the first thing that we've got to ensure that we have in place, and we're working on that to have a, a broader testing capacity and capability. Secondly. The contact tracing, which is really important, um, if somebody does exhibit uh, positive symptoms and uh, return a positive test, then we need to be able to ensure that not only can we quarantine that person quickly, but that we can understand who they've had contact with um, and during the period that um, they were symptomatic and ensure that we can also quarantine those people. And so uh, being able to respond and aggressively contact trace, which at the moment in Tasmania we have a significant capability, but we need to ensure that we we work on that. And that's one of the reasons why 
the Prime Minister has begun speaking about uh, the app that people could download. Um, and that's an app that has Bluetooth capability. And if you are, if you do test positive, then uh, the app would be turned on or uh, by the by your GP, and that would then very quickly help us to understand those people that you've been in close contact with, and uh, the app itself just pings off phone numbers, if you like, that are, that you come into contact with through a certain period, which would be the period that you were symptomatic, and so that that would enable contact tracing to occur very very quickly, and that'll be it'll be an interesting challenge and an interesting discussion for the Australian people to have as to whether or not they want to utilise that technology. But we really would need more than 40% of the population to download that app for that to be useful. Mm. Uh, in terms of the other steps that we're taking as well as there's a body of work that I have underway at the moment um, uh, with public health and with WorkSafe Tasmania to understand what a, a COVID-ready business plan looks like. Um, you know, obviously social distancing will be a part of what we do and mm. I understand that the industry, I was speaking with um, Steve Old this morning, uh, the industry is turning its mind to, you know, what does a, a COVID-ready uh, business look like uh, when we get to the point when we can start to lift restrictions. Mm. So those sorts of steps where the government works hand in glove with the industry to ensure that we arrive at um, safe outcomes uh, and that we're able to ensure that uh, businesses are able to open, albeit, as I've said, it'll be different, um, but that uh, with the additional testing and contact tracing and uh, being able to aggressively and quickly move should a, a case um, emerge, then fills me with heart that we should be able to move forward. But mm. you know, this won't suit everybody, and I'll, I'll make that point. Um, but we'll need to work our way through that. The other really challenging thing for uh, all of the states and territories is that uh, every border in the country, apart from the Victoria-New South Wales border, is effectively closed. And Victoria-New South Wales chose not to close that border, I think largely because of the fact that they had both municipal or both um, states had significant COVID outbreaks and community transmission. Uh, but every other state has put in place border restrictions. And from the point of view of interstate travel, that's something that as a country we're going to need to consider very carefully. And I'm certain that people in Tasmania will want um, me to consider very carefully in terms of you know, when those border restrictions do come down and we do allow wider interstate travel, uh, what does that mean and how do we ensure that we keep our population safe um, if we are going to allow other Australians in? The other big ticket issue that's obviously got to be looked at is uh, the international borders and you know over what period of time in which country uh, our borders can be opened up to uh, in terms of international travel and for, for some very obvious reasons there are you know a number of jurisdictions and countries around the world that you know it will take a lot of time um, before the Australian government or the Australian people um, have the confidence to open our borders to um, to travellers from certain destinations because of the uh, the uh, level of COVID um, transmission in those um, in those countries, but at the moment, uh, my primary focus obviously has to be getting on top of the northwest outbreak. And once we've dealt with that, and I think the steps that we take, and um, whilst difficult for those on the northwest coast, um, I think those steps will stand us in good stead. And then 
as we move through the next four weeks and we continue to review and if case numbers continue to be at the low levels, then I think we can start to look at lifting some restrictions. But as I say, it will be, uh, we will walk into this very carefully. Um, first and foremost, this is a health crisis and we've got to ensure that um, however we proceed, we keep people safe. Mm. It's really good to, to hear that there's that work being done um, on those post-COVID-19 sort of business models as well, because I think that will be key um, for businesses looking to um, keep their customers safe. Absolutely. And I think um, both their customers um, and their staff, staff mm. um, you know, I, don't, I don't think there's, you know, there, there would be very, very, very few Tasmanians at the moment that uh, in the back of their mind, they don't have a concern or a fear uh, in terms of, um, of contracting COVID. And I think that we've got to ensure that both for those people that work for us, but also those that we would be serving and who would be our customers, that they can feel a degree of confidence uh, in terms of, you know, entering any premise or any any facility if we, if we declare that um, there's a COVID-ready plan in place. They need to have confidence in that. And so mm. we need to work our way through those steps uh, very carefully. So I'm going to ask you a hard question. If I put myself in the shoes of a tourism operator or a business, do you know when I might be able to start operating again? I mean, to be honest, that is the million-dollar question. Um, we've currently got the existing restrictions as they stand in place for the next four weeks. Um, now, in large part, it will depend on whether or not those prerequisites that I've mentioned um including increased testing, um, the ability to track and trace uh, to a much higher degree than we currently are at the moment. Uh, the view of people in the community in terms of whether or not they might utilise the app. Um, you know, one thing that has been suggested is you know, the app could become uh, a passport, if you like, to doing certain activities that uh, uh, may open up to individuals uh, because they have the app and it means that should they become COVID positive, that if we have to contact Trace, that uh, we can do it more quickly, that we can then look to self-isolate people that um, that would need to be self-isolated and we can protect the community. But that's that's a, a discussion that's going to evolve over the next um, coming weeks. Uh, in terms of where I'd like to see us get, um, certainly at the end of this coming four-week period, I'd like to start lifting some restrictions. Uh, I think it will be a while before people could um, uh, go back to the pub. I think that's you know, going to be one of the more challenging spaces. But I think certainly in terms of, um, of uh, restaurants and cafes with COVID-ready plans, I think that we can look um, over coming months to, to those being able to, to look to operate. Mm. The other challenge will be, and this is where uh, in a state like Tasmania, um, our market initially will be the intrastate market. Yes, yes. And we'll need to look at ways that we can provide options for people to begin to travel more in, in the state and to uh, utilise accommodation and uh, other services. And so that's that'll be the first step. Mm. And then uh, interstate will then follow at a, a later date. But that will largely be determined, I think, by the view that Tasmanians have, but more broadly the country has in terms of those larger states that have had uh, more significant outbreaks and much wider community transmission. I don't think there'd be many Tasmanians that would be 
encouraging me to remove the protections on the border if, for example, community transmission is still rife in Victoria or in New South Wales. Um, so to some degree, we will be, uh, 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 the timing will be determined, certainly in terms of the border controls being lifted, um, it will be uh, as a result of uh, when other states also get their their um, uh, transmissions down to a low level. Mm. And certainly we've been concentrating on some of these podcasts around the types of planning that businesses can do to um, prepare for a Tasmanian-based um, audience. And I've just been talking to a, a marketing specialist about that. So that's certainly what we're focusing on. So it sounds as though um, from your perspective, that is certainly going to be the, the first market that um, can open up to, to the industry. Look, and, and I think, uh, without doubt, uh, the intrastate market's the one that we've, we've got to look at first and foremost. Um, but I think also, more importantly, it'll be the, the direct market as well, that um, uh, for, for, for businesses in their local area uh, with COVID-ready plans, um, and as I say, we're working through that process at the moment. And again, you know, I've been a... You know, somebody that's you know worked pretty hard in my political life to actually remove as much red tape as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, yep. in, under these circumstances, you know, there will obviously need to be a a layer of COVID tape um, that we're going to need to have to ensure is in place and that we can manage uh, within those plans to keep people safe. And that will be both for um, for, for staff in, in premises, but also for uh, customers and clients. Um, mm. And we'll just need to work through that. Uh, you know, sensibly and responsibly, which I think we, we will be able to. Yeah, absolutely. And and just as, as we near wrapping up, what role do you see um, the tourism and hospitality industry playing in the state's overall economic rebuild? What, what's its level of importance in that overall economic rebuild, do you believe? Well, in terms of, I can tell you that the the shutting down of the, the tourism and visitor sector is... Uh, uh, will have a significant impact on the state's economy. Um, there is absolutely no doubt at all about that. And as we uh, move into next month, I'll be releasing um, an economic piece from the Treasury uh, in line with also some uh, some early budget numbers to ensure that people have got a, a pretty clear picture as to the impact that's occurred. Uh, to get back to where we were, um, will take some time. There's no two ways about that. Uh, to get back to where we were will also, as I've said, be dependent largely on uh, when we can open the borders to interstate travel. Um, but those first steps, and I think they'll be important steps uh, in terms of opening up local markets and then opening up you know, interregional and um, intrastate uh, op opportunities. You know, they're the ones I think that we've got to... Uh, ensure that we can take at the appropriate time with the appropriate plans in place because, and I'll come back to this, um, you know, first and foremost, whilst this is having enormous economic, economic impacts, um, it is a health crisis. And what we've got to do is ensure that any steps that we do take uh, can be guided by public health, uh, that we can keep people safe and that uh, if businesses are to operate, they can operate uh, safely and that people can attend them with confidence. Mm, yeah, that's absolutely vital. And 
And in terms of when the time does come for, for recovery planning for our industry, our industry is obviously a subset of, of, the, of the broader economy, but do you have any thoughts around how the recovery effort for, for our industry will be led and through what structures? Well, there's a, a range of work already underway. As I've said, um, the very, very short-term work is looking at uh, the engagement um, with your industry at the moment, um, mm-hmm. with WorkSafe Tasmania, with public health in terms of looking at uh, what a COVID-ready business plan might look like. Mm-hmm. And the first steps will be to, uh, over this four-week period, to again assess the level of, uh, of COVID-positive cases that um, arise across the state. And as I said, if we can have the same success that we're seeing in the south at the moment and the north um, in the northwest once we dealt with this uh, current outbreak, then that fills me with great heart that we will be in a position where we can start to gradually, and I, I do say this because I don't want to give anybody false hope, um, it will be a gradual lifting over time of restrictions uh, as we um, uh, step our way back. But the key engagement will be through, obviously, Tourism Tasmania, um, uh, the Tourism Industry Council and obviously the THA and will continue to engage as we do in fact almost on a daily basis um, with those industry groups uh, with a view to, to ensuring that uh, when we do start to reopen we can do so with confidence. Mm. And that certainly has been true that it has been a, a daily uh, interface um, from both ways sharing information from the ground up and, and from from um, the government level down. So um, there's no reason why that won't continue. Well, I think it's absolutely important um, that, that those communication channels uh, remain open. Um, you know, I have to say, looking to all of the, the operators and business owners out there and, uh, and those people that, uh, that work in um, those businesses, you know, it is a dreadful set of circumstances that we're in at the moment. And as an industry, uh, there is no doubt that uh, because of your popularity and the, the fact that you you are a people attractor uh, to deal with a public health crisis, um, as in as an industry, you had to bear the brunt of this. So as we work our way back, I've obviously got a very key eye to uh, to ensuring that you know, we take what steps we can, um, hasten as quickly as we can, but obviously. Uh, with an eye to ensuring that um, that public health is first and foremost um, in our thinking. Mm. Just before we finish up, is there any other um, last thoughts you you wanted to leave the industry with? We really do appreciate you taking the time during what is an, an extremely busy time. Amy, the one thing that I would say, and this is really important, is please don't become complacent. At the moment, we we have we're seeing good results. Uh, as I've said, in two regions and dealing with the uh, the uh, outbreak on the northwest coast, which is um, challenging, but I think that we're, we're getting to a point where the measures that we put in place are working. But this virus doesn't travel by itself. It travels with people. And whilst the rules that have been put in place are difficult, um, whilst they are onerous and I know are causing a lot of people um, concern and distress, uh, please stick to the rules. Um, please do whatever you can to ensure that you limit your interactions, that you follow the rules, and importantly, stay home and stay safe. Mm, thank you. It's a, it's a very clear message and one that I'm sure everyone will be listening to today. And just finally, when you do get a, you do get a break after all of this, and, and who knows how long that might be, what, 
do you mind if I ask you a personal question and what are you perhaps most looking forward to doing with your family or with others? <laughs> I must admit. I haven't even thought that far. <laughs> Look, if I had the opportunity to have a weekend down at Bridport, um, read a book, walk on the beach and go and have a beer at the pub, mm. that would be fantastic. I do know that that is some time off. Yep. Um, but, you know, I think like a lot of Tasmanians, um, you know, when we get the opportunity to uh, to travel again, um, to to uh, to enjoy some of the, the very fa- you know, great um, and unique and fantastic spots that we have here in Tasmania. I'm sure that you know, there will be a thirst and, and a desire for people to, um, to do that. But again, I come back to the point, you know, right now, we've just got to deal with what's in front of us. And the most important thing is that we don't get complacent and we just simply follow the rules and we stay safe and importantly, um, look after um, those people that we love in our communities. Thank you very much for your time, Premier, and um, best of luck as you continue to manage the situation and we'll talk with you soon. Amy, thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism. Talking Tourism.